It's Nick Kemp here with episode 68 of the Ikigai podcast. This will be a solo episode where we explore the question, can you really coach the Ikigai concept? This is Nick Kemp with the Ikigai podcast, Japanese wisdom for fulfilling and meaningful life. Find your Ikigai at ikigaitribe.com. Let's start off with a quote. As Ikigai can be a guideline for the individual's way of life, it is a topic of interdisciplinary research in psychology, pedagogy, and philosophy. This quote is from one of Japan's leading Ikigai researchers, Professor Akihiro Hasegawa of Toyo Ewa University, and it indicates the breadth and depth of the Ikigai concept. Along with the fields of psychology, pedagogy, and philosophy, Ikigai could also be considered as a topic of research in coaching and also as a coaching methodology. Before I dive in, I should make it clear I'm not referring to the Purpose Venn Diagram framework that thousands of coaches and bloggers unwittingly and mistakenly relate to Ikigai and use as a coaching tool. While the framework is inspiring and can lead to meaningful discussions on the subjects of purpose and career path, it has nothing to do with the Ikigai concept. Again, the Purpose Venn Diagram is inspiring and helpful, and there have been several iterations of this Venn Diagram. Unfortunately, the creator of this particular iteration, Andreas Zuzunaga, gets no recognition for his perspective on purpose. And that's what we should keep in mind, that Venn Diagram is one person's perspective of purpose. It is not a representation of Ikigai. In fact, the majority of the content about Ikigai shared online is composed of misconceptions, the Venn Diagram, and romanticized Western notions such as Ikigai being a concept from Okinawa and the secret to longevity. Rather than being a sweet spot of those four questions, are you doing something that you love, that you're good at, that the world needs, and that you can be paid for, Ikigai is a spectrum. A spectrum of the people, relationships, hobbies, activities, aspects of your work and daily practices that make life feel worth living. Ikigai is something that is intrinsically motivating and often tied to your social world. It doesn't require payment. Ikigai is not what the world needs from you, but rather what you need. Ikigai acts as a coping mechanism for many Japanese who live stressful and demanding lives. You don't have to be good at your Ikigai. For example, if you are learning something new and you're not very good at it, but that activity you find is life-affirming and meaningful, then that can be a source of Ikigai. Ikigai can be something that you love, but Ikigai is often felt most intensely from overcoming struggles and challenges. In short, Ikigai is something you feel, not achieve, rather than a sweet spot Ikigai is this spectrum of people, relationships, activities, hobbies, 
aspects of your work and experiences that make life feel worth living. So we must understand that Ikigai goes beyond the confines of one's work life and asks the question, what makes life feel worth living? Japanese psychologist Michiko Kumano of Osaka Otani University offers the following answer. And I quote, Feeling ikigai entails actions of devoting oneself to pursuits one enjoys and is associated with feelings of accomplishment and fulfillment. Furthermore, it includes awareness of values such as the purpose of life and the meaning of existence. It is future-oriented as in goal-seeking. Unquote. From a study to determine the similarities and differences between Ikigai and concepts similar to Ikigai, Kumano discovered that elements central to Ikigai were life affirmation, goals, dreams, meaning of life, meaning of existence, sense of fulfillment, and commitment. Minor Ikigai elements were environmental mastery, positive relations, autonomy, negative effect, personal growth, positive effect, physical health, and life enjoyment. Kumano's insights indicate that Ikigai fits well with positive psychology and is relatable to Dr. Martin Seligman's coaching model of flourishing, PERMA, that includes five building blocks that enable flourishing. So if you're familiar with the PERMA model, you know it represents positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. Again, P for positive emotion, E for engagement, R for relationships, M for meaning, and A for accomplishment. The PERMA model helps people make more informed choices to live a more fulfilling life that is aligned with their values and interests. Ikigai also helps people make these informed decisions but with a stronger emphasis on feelings and emotions. Kumano states that feeling ikigai is close to eudaimonic well-being. Eudaimonia, the highest human good, is Aristotle's sense of a life well-lived. Yet she points out that while eudaimonia is a technical term, ikigai should be comprehended in terms of something you feel in daily life. So hopefully, if you are a coach, this is all resonating with you. There are elements of philosophy and positive psychology and this emphasis on feelings, which is obviously very important for coaching. How do we feel about ourselves, our life, what we're doing, our roles, and so on? What's interesting, though, is Ikigai also fits with existential positive psychology, which we understand or could understand as the second wave of positive psychology that recognizes meaning in life through suffering and resilience. So if one sees meaning in life's challenges or in the intrinsic nature of experience as an ikigai experience or ikigai source, then they can appreciate growth. So this is relatable to resilience coaching, where the coach aims to help their coachees develop their self-awareness, build their capacity to positively relate and interact with others, and strengthen their ability to build assets to meet life's challenges. And so this is where Ikigai and resilience come to meet each other. 
It's about this idea that resilience is not only an ability to bounce back from life's difficulties, but also it's the ability to interact harmoniously with others despite challenging circumstances. Harmony and resilience are actually cultural virtues that Japanese value highly. In short, those who live with Ikigai can appreciate and find meaning in life's difficulties. And there are actually quite a few tools and frameworks that we can trust and use as an Ikigai coach. So let's explore this now. While Ikigai is a unique Japanese cultural concept, it is also a universal concept that we can all benefit from, and one skill which proves this and can be used as an effective coaching tool is the Ikigai 9 scale. The Ikigai 9 scale is a psychometric tool that was published and validated on a Japanese population by researchers Tadanori Imai and Hisao Osada and Yoshitsugu Nishimura, in 2012. Seven years later, it was translated and validated on an English-speaking population by Dr. Dean Fido of the University of Derby and Dr. Yasuhiro Kotira of the University of Nottingham in 2019. So let's take a look at the scale now. The Ikigai 9 scale is used as a means of measuring Ikigai across the dimensions of positive emotions toward life, active and positive attitudes towards one's future, and acknowledgement of the meaning of one's existence. The Ikigai 9 consists of nine items measuring one's reason for being, phrased as statements with which people can agree or disagree, and participants are asked to rate whether each statement applies to them on a five-point scale. I believe it's the Likert scale, where one does not apply to me and five applies to me a lot. So if you want to pause the podcast and grab a pen and piece of paper and go through this with me, you can apply that scale to each item, to each statement, one to five. So again, one does not apply to me and five equaling applies to me a lot. So I will go through the nine items now. Here we go. I believe that I have some impact on someone. My life is mentally rich and fulfilled. I'm interested in many things. I feel like I am contributing to someone or society. I would like to develop myself. I often feel that I am happy. I think that my existence is needed by something or someone. I would like to learn something new or start something. I have room in my mind. Hey there, Nick Kemp here, and I wanted to touch base and let you know about my new course, the Fine Jurikigai course. Developed in consultation with Japan's leading Ikigai researchers, the Fine Jurikigai course is the only culturally accurate and evidence-based practical guide to the Ikigai concept. 
If you are interested in learning more about the Find Your Ikigai course, please visit ikigaitribe.com. Now back to the episode. And so from those nine items, you would have a score out of 45. So if you scored five across all of those, you would have a score of 45. So the tool can be useful in that regard to measure one's level of ikigai. But the scale can also help you as a coach to find areas to work on with clients. You could use the nine statements as powerful coaching prompts to uncover deeper layers for you to explore with your clients. I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Dean Fido on my podcast, and we talked about the Ikigai 9 scale and his research comparing the efficacy of the tool in Japanese and UK populations. And I'll quote Dean here, quote, What we did was take our Ikigai average scores and compare them to the original average scores in the Japanese population. And we saw that there was no significant difference, which actually surprised us. We thought that people from Japan would have a higher level of ikigai than people in the UK for obvious reasons. That these cultural values are not taught to people in Britain, at least not in such an explicit or implicit way, actually. Unquote. So I think this validates ikigai as a universal concept. It is something we can all feel. And the Ikigai 9 is just one of many Ikigai scales and tools that Japanese researchers have developed that can serve you in your role as a coach. Now, an interesting question to ask and explore is this question. Is Ikigai coached in Japan? The answer is yes and no. So it is unlikely that you'd find many professional Japanese coaches using Ikigai as a coaching methodology in Japan. I did a search online and I did find some and I even found some online courses in Japanese made for Japanese to help them find their Ikigai. Now what we must keep in mind is that to most Japanese, Ikigai is just a word and like many ingrained cultural factors, Japanese don't really talk about it as it's somewhat internal and personal. For most Japanese, Ikigai is just a common sense, humble approach to fulfillment that comes in small steps and in the process of striving to live meaningfully day by day. Japanese don't see Ikigai as something to achieve. It's not something grandiose or ambitious. Another thing to keep in mind, however, is that most Japanese would be unaware that Ikigai has been an area of well-being research in Japan for the past 55 years, starting with the seminal book and research of Miyakokamiya. And I did a solo episode on Miyakokamiya. That's episode 34. So I recommend you also listen to that episode. So there is this growing body of research on the Ikigai concept, and you can find a lot of papers and articles on ResearchGate and Google Scholar. Now, while there may not be many professional coaches in Japan coaching Ikigai 
or using Ikigai as a coaching methodology, what's interesting is that there are health and Ikigai advisors in Japan. And this is a real thing. These are certified Ikigai advisors who take training to become a volunteer Ikigai advisor to help retirees adjust to life after work. And this is run by a type of NPO called Ippan Zaidan Hojin, which translates to General Incorporated Foundation. And these health and Ikigai advisors assist mainly men to make the transition from working life to the rest of their life from a company person to a social person. And their role is to support the creation of healthy and fulfilling lives through collaboration with various organizations and groups, such as governments, companies, and communities, with an emphasis on the self-realization of individuals. And so the training these advisors take focuses not only on practical issues found in dealing with life in retirement, but also on actively facilitating self-actualization for their clients. So that sounds very much like coaching to me, growth coaching or self-actualization coaching, perhaps mindset coaching. And the advisors graduating from this program are usually over 65 because they are required to provide their services with the kind of experience and empathy that only people of this age of 65 and up can provide. So this is where lived experience comes into play along with the training. And I've done some research on this and I found a pamphlet or a information brochure on these advisors. And on that brochure, it stated, as of July 2019, there are 5,878 registered health Ikigai advisors in Japan. And I actually managed to get my hands on the program workbooks for these health Ikigai advisors, the actual Japanese workbooks they go through as part of the program. And what was interesting is how they define Ikigai focuses on the work of Miko Kamiya, so Kamiya's theory of Ikigai, and also Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so let's touch on Kamiya's work. In her work with the Isaian lepers, so if you listen to episode 34, you'll discover that Kamiya's research focused on Japanese lepers who were ostracized in Japan. They were shipped off to islands, given their basic needs, but they lived a pretty hard life. They were ostracized, they were separated from their families and they weren't allowed to have children. So listen to episode 34 to gain more insight into that. But her study group were these lepers, and with her research, Kamiya found that the experience of Ikigai Khan, the feeling of Ikigai, depended on the satisfaction of seven Ikigai needs. And a good way to understand what she meant by need is... A definition from psychologist Ronald Miller, and I'd like to quote him, quote, A need is the lack of something experienced as essential to the purpose of life. It expresses itself as suffering. 
If the person is aware of the existence of a way to stop suffering, the need expresses itself as a desire, unquote. This is very interesting. So if we have a need and it's unmet, it becomes a desire and we suffer if we lack this need. And Cami worked out that there were seven needs that needed to be satisfied in order for one to feel Ikigai Khan. Let's go through these seven needs that Kamiya identified. Life satisfaction, change and growth, a bright future, resonance, freedom, self-actualization, and meaning and value. Kamiya did make a note that not all survey participants, so the lepers that she interviewed, required all seven needs and For some patients, there were different needs or different combinations of needs that needed to be satisfied in order for them to feel Ikigai Khan. Overall, however, these seven needs were consistently the most desired among the patients she interviewed and studied. And in addition to these seven needs, Kamiya also extensively wrote on the importance of having a sense of purpose. Now, the word for purpose in Japanese is not ikigai, it is shimei. And we have the expression shimei kan, which is sense of purpose. So as you now understand, kan, feeling, perception, awareness is important. We have ikigai kan, so the feeling of ikigai, and shimei kan, sense of purpose. And Kamiya basically said that you feel Ikigai most intensely when you have a sense of purpose. And in my program, my Ikigai Coach Certification Program, I actually consider sense of purpose as an eighth need. So as you now understand these needs, I'll go through them again. Life satisfaction, change and growth, a bright future, resonance, freedom, self-actualization, meaning and value, and sense of purpose. These are concepts very much related to positive psychology and coaching. Ikigai is quite a unique concept. It holds elements of philosophy, psychology, positive psychology, and there are cultural elements. So I think the argument can be made that As Ikigai is a concept related to positive psychology, eudaimonia, and resilience, it offers you and your coaching clients a way to live with purpose and fulfillment in both your daily life and also as you pursue your life-defining goals, and they can be both personal and professional. So in short, as Ikigai includes a sense of self-progression, and a sense of being socially affiliated with others, it increases your awareness or your self-awareness of making a contribution to others. And no doubt that's an asset you would like to build or have already built as a professional coach. Hopefully this episode has answered the question, can you really coach the Higai concept?
In my program, we do explore the work of Miyako Kamier in detail. We also touch on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and we relate that to another concept called Ibasho. Ibasho could be understood as the social aspect of Ikigai. So if you would like to coach the Ikigai concept, then please feel free to contact me. My coach certification program is the only evidence-based program on Ikigai that is supported by some of Japan's leading authorities and researchers. It's time to wrap up this episode, so thank you for joining me today, and I hope you found the episode helpful. This episode was brought to you by the Find Your Ikigai course. Developed in consultation with Japan's leading Ikigai researchers, the Find Your Ikigai course is the only culturally accurate and evidence-based practical guide to the Ikigai concept. To learn more about the Find Your Ikigai course, please visit ikigaitribe.com.